Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on. Lots to get to. Lots to talk about. Appreciate you. Bottom of the hour is going to be Jack Pozobic. You know Jack from uh, from OAN. You also know him uh, because he he does, I believe it's the War Room along with Steve Bannon many times. Uh, you'll see Jack on television all the time. He's a great author. He's also a guy who's out there doing independent journalism. And he was actually arrested, well, not arrested, but detained by the WEF police in Davos. They went over to Davos and the, these uh, henchmen and women, I guess, from the World Economic Forum came over and detained them and check their, they frisked them, check their documents. We get into that. We find out what that's all about. But I wanted him on basically to, add, to just to ask him a direct question. Jack, what the hell is the, the WEF? Why do we care what Klaus Schwab has to say? And uh, his answer is really great. So make sure you stick around for that. If you're wondering what the heck is this, why do we have to listen to them, or why do we listen to them, make sure you stick around for that at the bottom of the hour on a Friday. Free speech Friday. Freedom. Yes, freedom. Uh-huh. Freedom. Hey, what? Freedom. Bring it down. That is Chocolate Voice. How you doing, Carrie? Oh, wonderful. Polo's in the house. CJ making it happen. And for Sam today. Glad to have you here on a Free Speech Friday. Whatever's on your mind is going to be fair game. If I know something about it, we'll talk about it. If not, we will move on. Um, uh, there is a lot to talk about. Before the end of last hour, if you were around, and you should have been, we talked about how, um, you know, the House just passed a so-called assault weapon ban. Now, I, I don't know what an assault weapon is. I know that we saw some some per- somebody from the, um, I believe it was the Indianapolis Colts the other day, some coach or the the general manager, somebody sat, I don't know the guy's name, I don't, I don't follow sports anymore, but he sat down and instead of talking about um, the game, the season, what he thinks about the team, the new quarterback, whatever, instead he sat there and he said, we got to get rid of these AK-15s. Now, AK-15 is a very not well-known rifle that I believe was only used in war. I believe that it was never, ever sold here in the United States. He meant to say AR-15 or AK-47. He messed up. He said AK-15, and then he called it a fully automatic rifle or weapon, which, of course, it's not. Fully fully automatic would mean you pull the trigger once and the bullets all come out, or a burst of bullets come out. Um, These are semi-automatic rifles. I've got an AR-15. You've got to pull the trigger for every bullet you want to come out. So he didn't know what he was talking about, but that's not that different than people even in Congress who talk about it. Now, keep in mind, those that defend and protect those in Congress are carrying sidearms. Many of them do carry AR-15 or other similar type rifles, and that's okay if you're protecting Congress, but Congress is busy trying to take your Second Amendment right away. Shall not be infringed should mean something. I'm already a little bit annoyed, a lot of bit annoyed, that any state can make laws regarding our right given by God to protect ourselves. 
But that happens all the time. You can't infringe on somebody's right to assemble, even if it means burning down the city of Minneapolis, even though that's illegal, obviously. No, we're not going to do anything there. Or blocking complete roadways, I-35, or or blocking complete you know uh, intersections in L.A. You can do that all you want because the First Amendment. But if I say, well, then I can have an AR-15, Second Amendment. No, no. Nope, they had muskets. What? what are you talking about? So the House of Representatives decided to make a move to get rid of your ability to have any number. You know, Carrie, I asked you to get me the story, and during the break, you told me that there is like some big, gigantic, long list of what you can't have. Mm-hmm. Really? I mean, did now, you, I, I don't did know what you, you read the entire it? list. I, no, I didn't. I mean, it, do we know how many? No, I, I did not count. I didn't. Tell you what, give us the story. Okay. And then I'll I'll try to count as we go. Okay. From CNN, the House of Representatives voted Friday evening to ban assault-style weapons, sending the bill to the Senate where it is not expected to advance. The final vote was 217 to 213. Democrats Henry Cuellar of Texas, Jared Golden of Maine, Ron Kind of Wisconsin, Vicente Gonzalez of Texas, and Kurt Schrader of Oregon voted against the ban. Republicans Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania and Chris Jacobs of New York voted for the bill. While the legislation is not expected to amass the 60 votes needed to overcome a filibuster in the Senate, many Democrats in the House cited a string of recent mass shootings involving such firearms as a pressing reason to outlaw them. Today, our Democratic majority will take up and pass the assault weapons ban legislation, a crucial step in our ongoing fight against the deadly epidemic of gun violence in our nation, Pelosi said in a letter to members of her caucus ahead of the vote. Friday's vote came as progressives, moderates, and members of the Congressional Black Caucus are divided on how to handle the policing funding component of a broader public safety package, which was not included in Friday's series of votes. While negotiations on that proposal are continuing, according to sources, the key negotiators were hoping to settle both issues in hopes of having a vote on both packages as soon as Friday. One wonders, though. And by the way, if you want to see, I, I, I'm not going to count it because you're right. It's like hundreds of, of, of firearms. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. But one wonders if they did this knowing the filibuster will stop it, knowing they've got to go after the filibuster again like they have before. That's, that's, that's actually interesting to me, the political wrangling that the left is doing. They're trying to do everything they can to shove stuff down our throats before November when they know they're going to lose the majority. So the House passes this bill. Two Republicans crossed over to pass it with the Democrats, and I believe it was six Democrats that crossed over to vote with the Republicans. So more Democrats came to the Republican side than Republicans went to the Democrat side. They almost stopped it wholesale in the House, which would have taken away their ability to play this political game. Now it goes to the Senate where you might say, well, the Senate just has to do 50-plus Kamala Harris, and they're going to pass it. Well, no. You can filibuster it to stop it from going to cloture, to stop it from going to a full vote of the Senate, and it never gets heard. It's almost like the Senate's ability to pocket veto, like the president can. So now we're going to have the argument again. And by the way, if you want to see the list of guns, it's in the bill. And I will give you a link to the bill. Just stop by JoePags.com. Click on Watch Now. You'll see us do the show. Click on Watch Now, and I will put it again. I'll put the link in my chat room, which I have several times already. You can go there, and you can see the actual text of the bill. Click it. Go look at all the guns that they want to get rid of. Shall not be infringed doesn't really mean much to the Democrats and these two Republicans who should not be voted back in. But what if the game is to go after the filibuster? Well, see, the filibuster is racist. It's left over from Jim Crow days. 
Look, I, I've got a piece of video that I've played from Barack Obama a million times when he was a senator where he says the filibuster ensures the minority in government will have a voice and that one side doesn't just roll roughshod right over him. He said so, a black guy. So it's not a racist thing. It's not a slavery or Jim Crow thing. Um, and then Joe Biden talked about keeping the filibuster as well. He did. Barack Obama did. I think there's a piece of video of Chuck Schumer doing it. So these people are all for it when they're in the minority, which they're going to be again very soon. They should be very careful how they pick their battles here. Because let's say we get a small majority in the Senate. I mean, the House is just about a done deal. The Republicans will get that back unless there's cheating. Okay? The House is just about a done deal. But if there if there is 51, 52 majority for Republicans after November, starting next January and somehow the Democrats were able to get rid of the filibuster, the Republicans can do anything they want. Now, I realize you still have the president is still going to be Biden or Harris or somebody who's going to be a Democrat, so they won't sign it. But they're going to be able to push a big agenda. And should Trump get back in or some other Republican in 24, it's going to be, that's it. Let's go back to American values again. They know that Harry Reid screwed up when he, when he got the nuclear option going. And that was because of judges and justices. They know that he screwed up. That's how Trump got these three conservative justices. But pretty interesting. Stop by the chat. If you want to get this this actual verbatim of the bill, it's annoying to read these bills, but there's a full list on there saying exactly what guns would be banned in this. And I want to have the discussion. Do you think, because when they put in the right to keep and bear, we only had muskets, do you think that it is only appropriate to limit the kind of weaponry um, you can keep and bear. Antonin Scalia said it best when he said, if you can hold it, you can have it, you can have it, you could use it. So, I mean, that means that probably would also include rocket launchers, to be honest with you. And in the hands of an innocent person, I've got no problem with a rocket launcher. In the hands of a bad guy, I've got a problem with that. So I understand the argument. But when when they say shall not be infringed, and the courts have decided over the generations that a well-armed or a well-trained militia um, means the citizens. You know, what's the question here? What limitations would you put on what we can keep and bear? Because this thing is stupid. Nobody's going to be okay with this. The Senate, it'll, they'll filibuster this. This will not get through. And by the way, when Bill Clinton did it in, what, 1994? with his assault weapons ban, this assault rifle ban, it did not make a positive inc- impact in the crime numbers. In fact, the crime numbers were just as, as they were before, if not worse. So this doesn't work. This is all about the Great Reset. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pegg Show. Thanks. Appreciate you stopping by. Lots going on. Lots to get to. 
trying to ban like it looks like a over 100, maybe even more weapons. I didn't count them, but it's an awful lot. They're trying to ban all of them. Looks like it probably won't make it out of the Senate, but make sure you get a hold of your senator. Make sure that he or she is very, very strong, very, very strong in uh, in coming out against this. Uh, this is Biden trying to be Biden. This is this is the left trying to be uh, tyrannical. This is what they do. The left doing what they do. They want control. They want power. They can only have that if they take away your guns. That's what uh, King George III tried to do that led to the um, Revolutionary War. Use your brain here. Because they're lumping everything into the assault weapon category because there's no real definition for assault weapon. And even if there were a real definition for assault weapon, the left would change it to mean every gun. Believe me, you'd be out there with a pea shooter or a shotgun only that Biden at some point is the vice president bragged about how you should have a shotgun and shoot it off your balcony, which is ridiculous. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Got to remind you about Eden Pure and the thunderstorm that uses proven oxy technology. It quickly destroys viruses, odors, mold, and more. People all over the nation are raving about how well the thunderstorm freshens their homes. Musty mildewy smells, they just vanish because it leaves the scent as if a thunderstorm has rolled through. It, it just You know how fresh and clean that is. That's what you get. 265,000 have been sold. You know it works. Any odor is going to disappear when you use the thunderstorm. Odors from litter boxes, trash cans, cigarette smoke, dirty diapers, and more are no match. And best of all, no filters to buy. Right now, you can save $200 on the Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for the entire home. Get three units for under $200. This is a great savings. A fraction of the cost compared to other air purifiers that can go for over $600. Put one in your basement, your bedroom, your family room, your kitchen, or anywhere else that you need clean, fresh air. So it's a special deal right now. you got to use my code. Get three units for under $200. EdenPureDeals.com is the website. EdenPureDeals.com. Put in code PAGS3. Save $200. EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code P-A-G-S, the number three. Shipping is free. We go to the phone lines. I appreciate you stopping by. I appreciate you uh, getting engaged here. Let me say hello and welcome to uh, line two and Al in Alaska. Al, what's going on? Hi. Hey, I got through um, a couple things. The word militia is mentioned several times in the Constitution, but when you're talking about weapons, if you read the actual amendment, it says in order to maintain the freedom of the state or words to that effect, it uses the word state. Yeah. And in my mind, that always meant that 13 colonies were sovereign independent little nations, just like they are 50 of them are today, and we call them states. And in order to maintain the sovereignty of those democratically individual sovereign states, they had a militia. They would elect a governor, they'd elect a legislature, judicial system, they even had police force, and they had an army called the National Guard. And the militia, back then and now, was meant to back the National Guard in case, even if another state invaded you know, it was against all foreign and domestic uh, threats. And if you read the other definitions of amendment and Washington's words on the Second Amendment, he said that those weapons should be at least equal to what an enemy would have to invade it. And when you mentioned the musket, we had the rifled musket, and the brown breast musket was useless. It was heavy, only good to 50 yards, and the British would march up to a line, fire once, and then charge with bayonets, and that's how they conquered the world, not with a musket. But when we were picking off their officers at 400 yards, we had the better weaponry. And um, today, you know, they probably banned those things. So, you know, it's unfair to shoot somebody. That's what the British said. You can't shoot somebody 400 yards away. That's ungentlemanly. All right, Al, I hear you. I appreciate you. I think that Al's got uh, more history uh, uh, still yet to go, but let me comment on what you said. Uh, The courts have found that the militia is the citizenry. The citizens are the militia. That's why we have that right. Plus, 
Um, commas that are used in the Second Amendment are are the same thing. They're likened to periods in our, our English language today. So the last line, the, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The last line is like a brand new sentence, not even connected to the militia line. So uh, I hear you. And I think you probably had more history, and you and I should sit down one day, and you can educate me. I uh, like a lot of what you had to say, but I think you would have gone for a while more. Um, the militia, to me, and it, and the courts certainly have interpreted this over the over the generations, does not mean an actual formed militia. It means the people of the state. Let me go back at it. Frank, Michigan, what's going on? Hi. Let me get this off the speakerphone. Joe, silly question. Don't know if it makes any sense to you, but I've really been wondering about it. Why do the city, state, and county police officers all drive their vehicle home when you or I got to drive our vehicle to work? Don't you think it would save us, the taxpayers, some money by having one-third less the vehicles? They could be on call just like our volunteer fire department and have a bubblegum light to put on the top of their car and a siren. They're already going to have to be contacted either by cell phone or radio in order to come in for an emergency. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Frank, I actually like it. It's a good question, but I like it. I'll tell you why I like it. Um, There are several police officers that live in my neighborhood. I think that's going to show the bad guy, don't mess with this neighborhood. Uh, Carrie, you with me on that? I mean, a a police car, a police vehicle in the driveway, right? Yes. Yeah. I I feel safe. I do too. I do too. And I have that in my neighborhood. I like it. I I do too. And and if and how much more gas can it really be to take it from the police station to the house? Um, I'm willing to pay that a little bit more. Now, if they're using it to, to take their kids to the movies, okay, maybe there's a different thing going on there. Um, and I'm not okay with that. But I like when the vehicle is there. It's on the ready. He or she mm-hmm. can put the uniform on, jump in if there's an emergency, or it's just sitting there telling a bad guy, probably want to go to the next neighborhood. I yep. think it's good. I do, too. Uh, good. I, I'm glad we agree. Uh, Rudy is in San Antonio. Rudy, what's going on? Hi. JP. Ready? Hey, brother. Long time no talk. Yeah, man. man. Talk to me. Hey, if I was to win that 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 money on the lottery, I'd have to go out to the store and get me a six-pack of Tall Boys Cold. Okay. You can afford it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, on that shooting over there, you know, it, that was sad. My heart goes out to all the people out there. You know, that never should have happened. But, uh... As far as I'm concerned, anybody who was out there who told those people to stand down or to wait, they need to be fired. Without a doubt. Just plain and simple. Just plain and simple fired because they failed to do their job. Yes. You know, and that guy that took that one shooter out, I can't remember, some state up north, that one, uh, oh, God, I can't even think of who, what is, who it was. When he was in, a, I think it was in a mall or something like that. Yeah, in Indiana, right. Out. In Indiana. Yes, yes. Now, he did what the police should have done there in Uvalde. He did it with he did it real quick, real quick. And the and, and, and the left for an hour. The left tried to make him a bad guy by saying that he broke the law by bringing the gun into the mall, which is untrue. The mall has a rule you can't bring a gun, but that's not certainly a law. Right. I mean, Joe. I don't know, but Biden and all his cronies, man, they're a bunch of idiots. And the people need to open their eyes and wake up. Got to leave it there, Rudy. I appreciate you, brother. All righty. I'll talk soon. We love when Rudy calls in. It's always the same open. Usually he says, love the show. All right, keep it here. Jack is open when we come back.
Don't be an A-Dub. Stay with the Joe Pag Show. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this guy back. It's Jack Pozobic. He's a great author. He's a great host. He's a guy who's out there doing real journalism. And he's a guy who's going to educate us all on who the hell Klaus Schwab is and what the WEF is and a whole lot of other stuff, too. Jack, how are you? Good to talk to you. Hey, Pags. It's been a minute, but I really, really appreciate you having me back on. I mean, we just got back from, from Switzerland. We just got back from you know, we went over to stare Klaus Schwab in the eye, and he actually sent out his guards, armed guards, after us, believe it or not. So boy, it has been, uh, it's been a whirlwind. We watched that very closely when you went to Davos. I was confused at first because the people who, were, uh, who are against Jack Pozobic, um said immediately that was really the police, and you did something that broke the laws in Switzerland. It turns out these were actually people that were hired by and the guard, basically, of the WEF, right? Right. So, so this, this is the amazing thing, the fact checkers. And we just got done the, you know, the turning point, um, student summit down yeah. in Tampa. And I was talking about this up there and it, I'm, I, I put out the video and just, okay, let's, let's take it back. Right. Give people the context. Go ahead. I go up to report on the world economic forum in Davos. I'm there. I've got a crew with me. We're actually working on a documentary that we're putting out with turning point. It's going to drop in a couple of weeks time they're still working on it we haven't actually released it yet okay. just kind of explaining what is the great reset how they're trying to import the ccp model into the west they're using these terms like you know you'll own nothing and be happy and it's just for the health of the internet it's for environmental safety and all this but really what it is they're taking that ccp model of totalitarianism and government top-down total control and they're applying it to the western world because they've seen how it works in china and the elites want it here that's that's the basic gist of it and and also they want to replace god but that's another whole discussion right but you know we go out to report on this and and joe i'm standing there in front of the world economic forum we're in front of the entrance you you know i told the guys i said hey let's get the shot with all the flags in the back and you can kind of see the you know, we're in the Alps, right? Gorgeous, um, beautiful Swiss Alps. Yeah. Um, and I said, hey, I think that'll be a nice shot. So we're out there. We're filming. I'm, I'm talking into the camera. I'm recording. I'm, you know, dressed like, like a reporter, you know, sunglasses on. Um, and uh, a couple of guys had come by, a couple of security-wise, early on and said, hey, just wanted to check your IDs, check your, you know, credentials, et cetera. I said, yeah, sure, here we are. Right. We're Turning Point USA. You can look this up. It's a you know, pretty well-known uh, nonprofit out of the United States. Very, very reputable. Here's the website, et cetera. Here's who we are, right? Here's our passports. Sure, no problem. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm prior Navy intelligence, so I get it. You know, I get, you know, want to check security with all that many world leaders around. And about an hour later, we go and we're, you know, crew's getting something to eat and we go to this sort of like food court area we're recharging all the equipment because we're on battery power because I got the different outlets over there. And at that point, two minivans filled with armed officers mm. pull up, surround us, and tell us we can't leave. Tell us that 
they need to go over all that information again, but now they are worried that we're a security concern of some sort, and they proceed to take us behind this sort of stack of tables and around the corner of the building, and they proceed to frisk me and my crew one by one, hand in the front, hand in the back, didn't even buy me dinner first. Oh, man. And, um, you know, the whole time they're asking us, who are you, what are you with, and saying over and over, we're, you know, we're a crew with Turning Point USA. We're here to do this documentary on the Great Reset. That's all we're doing. Yeah. Um, I'm talking into a camera. I'm not doing anything, you know, that I shouldn't be. So all the while, though, me being, you know, from the military, you know, you're used to, you know, reading uniforms. And that means, you know, you might recognize somebody's rank. You might recognize the ribbons or, you know, if they serve somewhere, that kind of thing. Well, I happen to see these guys' badges on there are these patches they have on their arms and it says world economic forum police in large lettering large bold you know uh stitched stitched letters and i say world economic forum police that's crazy so even while we're in detention which took place for about an hour um i'm tweeting out you know me being me of course i'm tweeting out the videos of my own detention yeah i was watching I it the entire time right so I, th- I, say, I think we've been detained by the world economic forum police apparently and the fact checkers come out and I say, oh, gosh, you know, here comes the media. They're going to say that even though, you know, we may not agree with Poso, we may not like his take here. You know, he's over there reporting and we're not for this. And I read the fact checkers and it says the fact checker says uh, Jack was claims he was detained by the World Economic Forum police. Fact check false. <laughs> these are these are merely local Swiss police. Right. That are assigned to the World Economic Forum for those two weeks not an actual World Economic Forum police force. And I'm sitting there going, you know, when, when, the, when the MP5s are out and the, you know, you're looking at the barrel of a gun, um, you know, boy, that's, that's not exactly the last thing I'm, I'm, I'm worried about is, right. is the exact you know, hierarchy of the police force that is detaining me. It's Jack Pozobic uh, t- telling the harrowing tale of being detained by these WEF police. And you showed their badges. You showed the patches. They clearly were from the WEF. They weren't just local police. Now, them, they might be contracted local police that are working for the WEF at the time. But either way, you were actually detained by the World Economic Forum. And Jack, how can they do that? Is this considered a municipality? Do they have their own little, um, I-, I don't know, township in the middle of Switzerland somewhere? How do, how do they have their own police force? Right. So what they said essentially was that because they're under um, essentially the county, right? It's, it's sort of a, it's, it's kind of like a county in the U.S. So it's their authority stemmed from the local county. And yet it also seemed as though that there were officers there that didn't know each other very well. So I think what you had was officers that probably applied for this position yeah. from different parts of the country and then were assigned to it. Um, like in the military, we would do stuff like that all the time, exercises, different things. Hey, we need some people for such and such. Everybody's got to send two or three guys and you go do the mission. Um, and so it seemed as though their authority came from the local area, even though clearly they were working directly with the world economic forum. And so we were pressing them over and over what, you know, what's the charge, what's the, report you know is there is there some kind of probable cause or reasonable suspicion you know what's the what's the take and we were actually told by their detective that because this is what they called a police control action that there was 
a reasonable suspicion opened again, you know, essentially it has to begin with a complaint um, and it can be filed by officers or police, but they wouldn't and still will not to this day tell me what that complaint was. And what do you in your heart of hearts think happened, Jack? You said who you were. You said Turning Point USA. They looked it up and then said we better go back and stop him? I mean, you know, having been on both sides of the aisle on this, you know, I used to be the guy on the other side of the of the table yeah. on these things, right? And and I would have to say that in this situation, that when you have an area with that many press, and certainly it's the World Economic Forum, there are press crews all over the place doing exactly what I was doing in the same area, going in and out, going up and down, interviewing people. There were some people even being more aggressive than me when it came to sort of those um, – you know, those old school Michael Moore style ambush yeah, interviews, right. that kind of stuff. I wasn't even doing that. Um, I could have, but I didn't. And th- I think it was because they looked us up, they found out who we were, and they detained us, not because of what we were doing, again, but because of who we were and what we had to say. And after an hour, they let you go, thankfully. Uh, but this clearly was a scare tactic to try to get you guys to stop what you were doing. And they don't know Jack well, Pozobic like I do, and that wasn't going to work. Well, that's exactly right. And it, it was um, really thanks to the intrepid work of Savannah Hernandez, who I know you know. Yes. And she happened to be there as well. And she shows up because she sees my wife and my brother running over. She said, guys, where's, where's Jack? And they go, you know, Jack's in trouble. He's being detained. And Savannah being Savannah, she pulls out the camera, pulls out the rig, starts live streaming, getting in their faces, yelling at them. And and at that point, when I think they realized that the situation had gotten out of control, at least from a PR standpoint, that's when they all ran back into their minivans and disappeared. It is uh, Jack Pozobic. He is the uh, the editor in chief over actually the senior editor of Human Events. You can watch him on, on on television all the time. Watch his podcasts. Watch everything he does with Turning Point USA as well. This guy is everywhere, and he's doing good work for America. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, uh, listen, Jack, you and I both agree that people can have different perspectives. They have different realities. They have different wants and desires for how countries should be run, how the world should look. And that's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with the diversity of opinion. But how does Klaus Schwab have so much sway? How does he have so much power and so much leverage that people get in line? They'll fly in on their private jets. They'll put out a bunch of carbon footprint. They'll lie about uh, climate change. But it really is about dominating and controlling how we live, uh, every human being on the planet. How does this guy have that position? And where did the WEF even come from? Well, at the end of the day, Klaus Schwab and the WEF, I mean, he's he's the spokesman for the Great Reset. Okay. He's the PR guy. And even though he is the face of it in so many ways, and, and by the way, working hand in glove with Dr. Tedros at the World, Econo- World Health Organization, right. Um, which is just a few hours away in Geneva, which we also attended because they're looking to put together this global pandemic treaty. And we went over to see what was going on with that. Um, these guys, they're not the ones making the actual decisions. The World Economic Forum, it's a convenient area to sort of functionally air out some of these things. Or, you know, for example, um, the metaverse had a huge kiosk there that uh, my wife attended and she said she hated it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Well, you know, and but so Mark, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is the one behind that. Yes. And Yuval Harari and some of these other thinkers that you know it has nothing to do with with Klaus Schwab making um, making the decision, but it's the corporate moneyed and political interests that are behind him use him as a see him as a useful vehicle for in some ways making it look as though this is an international 
agreements, this area where people can come together and it's, you know, it's, it's very above board when in reality, all of these decisions are actually made far, far in advance. And this is just a place for airing it out. You know, by the way, on that, on that metaverse thing, my wife goes and she sees it and they had, um, the kiosk was set up and they said, Oh, it'll be like, you're going to a zoo. And, and he was talking to the, you know, to the girl who's working the booth yeah. and they said, well, what do you, she said, well, well what do you mean? He's like, well, it's like, you know, what's great is that, you know, if you have kids, they won't have to go to the zoo anymore. They can just go into this and, and then they'll see the animals there. And she looked at this girl and she goes, you want my kid to scrap, to strap some screens to, to his eyeballs and, and sit in his room rather than actually go outside and see real animals. They really do, though, Jack, don't they? Because how is and that, I, I, they what, don't they what, don't even see the difference? Well, what better way to control people than to keep them in their little cubicles, keep them in their, in their little four right. by four walls? Um, it, it, us going out and talking to each other and understanding that we agree on about eighty percent of stuff as humans, and then we'll disagree on twenty percent or whatever. Um, they don't want that. Divide and conquer, separate us. Control is is all centralized. But I guess the question I have is: you've got Justin Trudeau, you know, blackface Trudeau. You've got him now saying, yeah. "I'm going to do this." nitrate this nitrate stuff just like they're doing in in parts of europe because klaus schwab says i should the wef says i should i don't mind them existing jack but why are countries why are they kowtowing to them look it's it's not even about the nitrate it's not even about going green what it is it's about the farmland these people they go for the farmers they all they've always look at communist china look at the great leap forward look at bolshevik russia and the kulaks uh, they always start with the farmers. This has been something that we've seen for a hundred years, and it does not surprise me. Right? The 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 statements and the and the the reason stated reasons that's all window dressing. Okay. This is a play for the farmland. You see the CCP, you see Gates, you see all these people. They're going for that farmland, 100%. That's how they can shift it over. That's how they get the synthetics in. That's how they get the plant-based stuff, the insect-based stuff. That's how they do it, by controlling the farmland. You control people's food, you can control people. Yo, that's obvious. So should we have sold even one acre to the CCP? How does this even happen, Jack? Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. Well, it happens because our political leaders don't take their their self seriously, and they certainly don't take our country seriously. No, imagine going over to China and telling them that you were going to buy up 140,000 acres of farmland. If you know, if uh, even if it was Elon Musk or uh, Donald Trump, right, yeah. goes over right next to one of their air force bases, they would laugh at us, right. and rightly so, by the way. But 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 they're they're laughing at us now because they've done it, and, and they must high five each other and smack each other on the ass and say, "Man, can you believe how stupid America is?" And Biden, you know, he he takes Absolutely. away any restrictions that we had on China. He allows for the, for the for the Nord Stream two to start up back again with Russia. What's the plan here? Is he so owned? Do you think by China and Russia and Ukraine that he has to do their bidding? Well, there was that, you know, there was that quote that, um, and, you know, I don't know if it's apocryphal or not, but they, they say it was a Lenin quote that, that the West will, will sell you the rope that you can use for their own noose, right? Well, yeah. guess what? We have sold them the rope and they're tightening that noose and they're tightening it around. Well, you can see them tightening around Ukraine right now. They're tightening it around the South China Sea. They're absolutely tightening it around Taiwan and the Spratly Islands and the Parasail Islands and the maritime shipping lanes outside of Taiwan, which is what this is really about. Right. You control those maritime shipping lanes. And I say this as a prior Navy officer. If you control those, you control 80 to 90 percent of the world's trade that goes through there. Think about the amount of influence that gives you 
over and you don't even need to fire a shot because once you control that everybody knows that that's part of your backyard now and if we want something if we want that trade and you know guess what that's how globalism was set up right globalism is a system of global trade well we've outsourced our energy to the middle east we've outsourced our manufacturing to asia and now we're basically stuck and so putin and xi jinping they're just running the table the way we've set it up Follow him everywhere. Put in Jack P-O-S-O and he'll show up. It's uh, Jack Pozopic. He's a great author, journalist, host. The guy's out there getting it done for America. Uh, one last question. I've got to shift gears to, to the Epic Times. Um, Twitter is, is continuing to do this garbage where they censor. You know that I'm censored. I'm ghost banned. I'm shadow banned, wherever the hell it is. They try not to get the truth out there because it doesn't fit the narrative that they want people to understand. But if you say the word groomer, um, the word groomer is an appropriate description of people that are showing up and showing you know, uh, um, uh, little children, um, sexualized men dressed as women. Or let's talk about your gender ID or let's talk about your sexual orientation at six years old, which doesn't make any sense. If you say the word groomer, that's an appropriate statement because a lot of these people end up going to jail for because they are pedophiles or whatever else. So what's wrong with that word and, and how is it that will ever change these far left-wing online sites to allow for real discourse? Look, you know, I mean, you, you, it's groomer today and it'll be actual crimes tomorrow. And yeah. they'll say, well, you're demonizing a society or you make some statement about monkeypox, which is in line with the CDC director's statements on monkeypox. Right. And suddenly they'll ban you for that, right? W- what this is, is you've got a, a, a clique of elite social media tech barons essentially in Silicon Valley and and, and other nodes of Silicon Valley around the country that are making this up as they go along because they are all subservient and and full-on true believers to the woke ideology. There's a bit more to that interview. You can stop on my website tonight, JoePags.com. It's Jack Pozovic, and we're back after this. Stay here. This is the Joe Pags Show. Great to have you, Joe Pag. Show us a pop culture, but follow what's happening, brother. So you know how yesterday we were talking about Chris Rock, yep, and him talking about that whole situation with Will Smith. Well, today Will Smith released a video apologizing to Chris Rock. Yeah, that was an interesting video, though. He talked about Jada a little bit. He talked about uh, he's not a piece of s. I was. I don't. Did you like it? Did you watch it? Yeah, I saw it. I mean, I wish he would have said, "I'm sorry." Yes, he didn't say that. Exactly right. That's Polo. That's uh, CJ. That's Carrie. I'm Joe. We'll see you later. This is the Joe Pegg Show.